Uh, but before we jump into our conversation, we always welcome those who uh, are not in the room, those are watching online, maybe watching a month uh, from now, and also our Southeast Campus and Microsites. Can we welcome them uh, here to be part of our conversation? Uh, well, on my phone, I have a ton of playlists on it. I have one for every occasion and everything I do. I have my workout playlist. I have my sermon writing playlist. I have my worship playlist. I have my old school hip-hop and R&B playlist. And then also I have my kids' playlist, the only songs that we play in the car with kids that's appropriate. And mostly it's Disney songs and soundtracks. And also there's this thing called Kids Bop. And if you're a parent with uh, kids under 10 years old, you know all about Kids Bop. And what it is, it's normal songs, popular songs you hear on the radio now. And it's kids singing it, but they change up the words to make it appropriate for everyone in the car to hear it, right? So it's really great. My kids are obsessed with it. They love every song. But what's funny is that anytime I'll hear the actual, the, like the real song, I'll get so confused. And I'll be like, I didn't know that word was in there. That's so inappropriate. But in the Kids Bop, it's totally fine. And I'm, it's so bad because I already have a time remembering lyrics. I don't know if you're like me. I, like anytime we sing these worship songs, I, I still need the words up. No matter how many times we sing them, I still need them up. And I'll just make up words a lot of times to lyrics. I don't know if you're like that or your wife or spouse does that and drives you nuts when those lovely things about them. Uh, but that's what I do. And, uh, and I realize I'm not the only one who does this. And so I'm researching uh, the most popular songs that people get confused by in the actual lyric. Okay. And see, this is uh, for you as well. Uh, here's the first one we listen to. It's by the Monkees. Okay, so the lyric is, I saw her face, now I'm a believer. But what people thought they were saying was, I saw her face, now I'm going to leave her. Okay? A <laughs> little different. A little different. Uh, it's what we call in the South, uh, bless her heart. Okay, she's ugly, bless her heart. I'm going to leave her. Ooh, saw her face, I'm out. Uh, the second one is uh, by Elton John. Get the lighters up, right? All right, this, the lyric is, hold me closer, Tiny Dancer, whoever that is. Uh, but people get confused and say, hold me closer, Tony Danza, right? Uh, if you saw uh, the show Friends, Phoebe, uh, she makes up this word, and it's a curse. Like, every time I hear this song, I have to say Tony Danza, which is, for young kids, an actor back in the day. All right, next one is uh, by Kiss. Yeah. Okay, great. So... Uh, Hopefully you heard it. I want to rock and roll all night, party every day. But people get confused and think it's want to rock and roll all night and part of every day, right? <laughs> From 11 to 3, we'll party. And after that, we're going to rest, okay? Get some hydration. And then we're going to party again. We're going to party all night. Uh, but once you know the actual lyric to the songs, it makes sense, right? You can appreciate it better. But then there's those songs where when you know the backstory and the meaning behind songs, it makes them that much more significant and impactful, right? There's a song that came out, uh, Elton John, 1997, Candle in the Wind. Here's a lyric from it. Goodbye, England's Rose. May you ever grow in our hearts. You're the grace that placed itself where lives were torn apart. And that song was about the life and death of Princess Diana, right? And it was such a significant moment for the song to come out because everyone was grieving and mourning the loss of Princess Diana. And it was so helpful and meaningful and impactful for so many people. Uh, another song, uh, Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. Uh, would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Would it be the same if I saw you in heaven? And that song was written about his son who tragically passed away uh, just earlier that year. And that was such a great song. When you know the meaning behind it, it's just that much more meaningful. And then there's a, a newer song 
uh, by Logic and Khalid, Alicia Carr, call 1-800-273-8255, and that is the suicide hotline number. And there's a lyric in it, but I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry anymore. I want to feel alive. I don't even want to die anymore. And these artists came together to write the song. We don't endorse all parts of the song or, or all of them, but people would come to me, young people, and they were suicidal, but when they would hear their music, it would save their lives. And so the artists came together and said, what can we do? What song could we make that could literally save their lives? In fact, calls have been up 33% since that song has come out, which has been so helpful for so many people. So when you know the meaning behind these songs, it just makes them that much more significant and impactful, which is why we're going to talk about Psalm 23 today, because the artist or the author of this song, David, the meaning behind the song makes it that much more impactful. In fact, it relates to us that much better, because what was going on in his life was chaos. In fact, one of his sons, Amnon, raped one of his daughters, Tamar, and talk about conflict and issues, and for whatever reason, we don't know the backstory of what David was doing, but Absalom, another brother, kills Amnon for her dignity, right? And I can't imagine as a father if this was going on in my family. Now, I have two older brothers and older sisters, and we had some conflict, but we never had that much conflict, right? But King David must have been overwhelmed with the anxiety and the worry of what was happening to his family. But not only that, Absalom, the one who killed Amnon, then created a coup and tried to get a rebellion to take over the throne of King David. So not only was his family life all over the place and full of conflict, but now his own job as king was about to be taken over because of his son. And then for some, in those four years, as this conflict was going on in his life, he took a quill to a parchment, pen and paper, and wrote Psalm 23. And starts off with this, the Lord is my shepherd. Those three words are huge. The Lord is. And in this moment of conflict, not the Lord was or the Lord is going to be one day. No, in this moment, in the conflict of all the chaos of my life, he is who he says he is. The Lord is, and they use the word my. Not the Lord is the shepherd. Not the Lord is a shepherd. No, the Lord is my shepherd. He is a personal pronoun, the, the God of the universe. So we get to not, it's not ownership, but we get to belong in him. We get to have him. And when my kids look at me, they're like, that's my father, which is the greatest title that I get to carry. And those are my kids. And we get to belong with one another as we go along this journey to protect and guide with one another. The Lord is mine, is our shepherd. I lack nothing. And I love the, this imagery and analogy of shepherd and sheep. And it's so significant, it's throughout the whole Bible. And so I started researching what sheep are actually like, okay? And sheep are three things. Uh, they are defenseless, they're dumb, and they're directionless. So great compliment to us, right? Isn't that a wonderful thing to hear this morning? That we are dumb, we're directionless, and we're defenseless. And sheep, uh, they are defenseless. They can't outrun a wolf or bear. They have no speed. Uh, they can't intimidate at all. They can't roar or they can't say anything to intimidate. They don't have camouflage abilities. They don't have poison or spikes or anything. In fact, what I studied was that when somebody comes to attack them or animal comes to attack them, they'll just go around in a circle waiting for the other sheep to get attacked. Okay, how great is that? Wonderful for us too, right? But we are also defenseless. They're also dumb and directionless. I read this article uh, from Eastern Turkey, what happened to sheep. Uh, it says this, hundreds of sheep followed their leader, another sheep, off a cliff in Eastern Turkey, plunging to the desk this week while shepherds looked on in dismay. 
400 sheep fell 15 meters, almost 50 feet, to their deaths in a ravine in Van province near Iran, but broke the fall of another 1,100 other sheep who survived. Shepherds from a nearby village neglected the flock while eating breakfast. Good job, guys. Leaving the sheep to roam free. The loss to the local farmers were estimated $74,000. Now, this is a tough, a tough article to read, but can you imagine seeing that in real life? One sheep going over and they're gone and other sheep like, let's just keep going. And then another thousand like, this sounds like a good idea. And I know this isn't funny, but imagine them falling on like fluffy pillows, right? That's why they all survived. Anyway, so that's what was happening. That's why sheep are dumb and they wander off and they're directionless. They're just dumb. And which means they're desperately, absolutely desperately need of a shepherd because left on their own, they wander and they go into debtor because sheep being led by other sheep will result in wandering and in danger but sheep being led by shepherd will result in contentment, protection, and safety. Now, for me, I know I can be defenseless. I try to use defense mechanisms, manipulation, or things like that. I know it doesn't work, and I do some dumb things a lot. I can be pretty directionless. And so what I'm trying to do over and over again is hear the voice of the shepherd no, where, no matter where I am in the field. In fact, Jesus, he uses this analogy in John 10. He says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. How cool is that? Jesus knows you, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. What a promise, right? For my Father has given them to me, and he is more, more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them away from the Father's hand. I love that, that when we hear the shepherd's voice, when we hear Jesus' voice, we are held into him, and we cannot be snatched away. But the hard thing is there's a lot of voices out there, a lot of voices for us to follow and fall off the cliff of other people, right? Because here's the deal, no matter what the voice of a CEO is, no matter who, what, uh, who wins an election, no matter what celebrities trying to tell us how cool we are or what to wear and how to be famous, no matter what the Tao is doing, no matter what people are saying on Instagram or Facebook, we have to sift through all those voices so we can hear clearly the shepherd's voice because only the shepherd can provide that contentment in my life and that protection in my life. And oftentimes we have to avoid the own voices in our head. Then we look ourselves in the mirror and the things that we would say about ourselves, sometimes we have to sift even that to be able to hear his voice clearly. Like for instance, a few weeks ago, uh, my wife and I, we were dead asleep at 2 o'clock in the morning, and my oldest child, Reese, at 7, uh, came in, and she had a bad dream, and so she wanted to sleep in our bed with us, which for Reese to sleep in our bed is like an actual sheep in bed. It is the worst sleep ever, okay? She is pushing her legs everywhere. She's hitting my face with her hand. She's saying things. I don't even know what she's saying. She's grinding her teeth. It is the most restless sleep on earth. I hate it, okay? There's a picture there. And then at about 6, uh, 6.15 in the morning, my son, Aiden, he wakes up. And he's like, Dad, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm hungry. <laughs> I need food. We're like, okay, go downstairs. We'll get you food, which means like in 30 minutes, 45 minutes, we'll come and get you, right? And so he leaves the door open. We're like, Aiden, close the door. He doesn't hear us. So the sun is now coming into our room. And it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon now, feeling in our bed. And then 10 minutes later, our other daughter, who's 16 months old, Cooper, she wakes up. Now, when a 16-month-year-old wakes up, it's not coos and cause. It is yelling and screaming. So we are all up now. I'm stepping on Cheerios. I'm getting ready for the day. And I had this just mental moment, like today is going to be the worst day. I had no sleep. My kids are annoying. I have all these things I need to do today. And I have no emotions and patience to deal with it, right? You've ever had those mornings? And then my, uh, my wife comes in right before I'm about to head out. And she says, Nate, guess what? I'm like, what? You know, She's like, one day you're going to wake up and we're not going to have a daughter going to be sleeping in our bed. 
You're going to be stepping on Cheerios. Our son's not going to open the door up to have the sun come in. Our other child's going to be screaming her head off to wake up. And we actually were expecting another child due in October. So, yeah, yeah. So whatever uh, torturous thing that one will do to us, uh, one day, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be walking one of your daughters down the aisle. And that perspective totally flipped my rest of my day. In fact, I got to hear the voice of the shepherd saying, I know you're wandering off. I know you're pretty directionless for the rest of this day, but I got you. Just hear my voice. I'll give you the patience. I'll give you the energy. I'll give you the words and wisdom you need for today. Just listen to me today. And that's all I needed. But we are prone to wander because we are dumb and we're directionless and we're defenseless. And not only does that lead to us to be content and protection when we hear the voice of the shepherd, but also does this. Check this out. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Let's hold on to that. And he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And so I started thinking about what is green pastures and quiet waters mean? Because that sounds great. Like being in a park, green grass, San Diego weather, feeding geese, like it's beautiful, right? It's not 100,000 degrees out in this park. It's wonderful. But how do I get there? And then I started thinking about David. Chaos was in his life. Every part of his life in those four years was totally tragic. And yet somehow he was able to be refreshed in his soul, be upon green pastures and beside quiet waters, which means that, um, sorry, that our dependence and our quiet, green pastures, quiet waters are not dependent on our circumstance, but on our obedience. Green pastures and quiet waters are not dependent on our circumstance, outside situations, but it's on our obedience. That the obedience of my shepherd's voice equals green pastures and quiet water. So, when, so for many of us, we think when our health is good, when I'm finally feeling better, then I'll be in green pastures and quiet waters. Or when I'm financially stable, I'm out of debt, making wise decisions in that area, then all is good. Then I can rest, then I can be relaxed. Or when my kid listens to every word I say, does everything, all the chores I do, and they come to me and say, I won't date anybody, and you get to choose who and when I get to date. When that moment happens, then you'll be relaxed, then everything's fine, right? But it's not dependent on outside situations and outside circumstances. Green pastures and quiet waters is the refreshing of our soul. But instead of listening to the voice of the shepherd, we're nervous of where that's going to lead. So what we do is we wander off like sheep and create our own artificial Las Vegas turf like I have in my backyard, and we plug in a sky-mall bubbling brook. That's what we want to do, right? We lay in a spot that feels comfortable to us because we're, it's unknown where the shepherd might lead us. And this happened to me the other day. Uh, I was in the Starbucks early morning, and there's a lady in front of me, and I knew the cashier and who uh, the person was, and she got the wrong change back. And instead of a dollar, she got 50 cents, and she was going to let him know about it. And so kind of in a demeaning way and was saying things to him, and he was getting confused and flustered, and so he had to bring the manager over, felt kind of embarrassed, and, and then finally gave her the dollar back. And it was my turn. And so I kind of like, man, I hate that when that happens. I'm so sorry. I could tell they didn't want to talk about it, so I just... You know, did my order and went over to where you pick up your Starbucks drink. And then I had this nudging, this nudging that I need to talk to that lady and to say, you know what it mean a lot? I know that person, the cashier, they're pretty awesome. It mean a lot to them. If that dollar you got, what if you tipped them that dollar? What if you gave it to them? That'd be so huge. And I thought that I should say that. And, but what ended up happening, I got my own artificial turf. I started plugging in my sky mall bubbling brook. And I just wanted to sit there. I wanted to stay in my lane. I didn't want to have any conflict. I didn't want to tell people what to do with their own money, right? So I just stayed there, and the lady just left. And I just felt like I missed an opportunity. 
So then two days later, I go to another Starbucks. Uh, God's doing some things in Starbucks, apparently, in my life. And so I go there, and I'm studying this sermon, and I'm working on it. And this lady comes in, and I could tell she's been outside in the hot sun all day long. And she comes in, doesn't order anything, and this lays her head on the table. And employees come to wake her up, and finally, after a few tries, she gets up and said, hey, you either need to leave or you need to order something. You just can't sit here and fall asleep. I'm sorry. And then as soon as they left, she just begins to nod really hard right back to sleep. And so I felt that nudge again. Like, I got to do something. I know I felt like I failed a couple days ago. I got to do something now. And so I get up, and I go to her, and I was like, hey, I, I can't help but notice, but you're, you seem pretty tired. There's a lot of caffeine in here. Can I get you something? And she's like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be really nice. I said, okay, when you hear venti caramel frappuccino, that's yours. Like, who doesn't want that on a hot day, right? That's the best. I want it right now. And so I said, when they call that up, that's yours. And so she got it. She thanked me. We had a little moment together, and then I went back to studying. But just before I even went to her, though, I had that moment of like, you know, stay in your lane, get your artificial church. You're working on Jesus stuff, okay? You're working on your sermon, stay in your lane, don't do anything. But I knew I could not hold back this time. And when that happened, I was reminded of Proverbs eleven twenty five, where it says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And being beside green pastures and quiet waters leads to refreshing souls. So what I began to realize is that if I do loving things and intentional things the way Jesus would do it, somehow that's going to refresh my soul by refreshing others. And when I do that, I'll be beside green pastures and quiet waters, and I'll be on the right path that the shepherd is wanting me to go. And so if you find yourself wondering, making some dumb decisions, feeling pretty directionless, I just challenge you to love the way Jesus loved. Be intentional with your life to people around you. And when you do that, you will hear the voice of your shepherd and your soul will be refreshed and you'll be laid down beside green pastures and quiet waters. Anybody agree with that? Come on, people. Let's go. Let's go. I know it's warm. We got this today. But it's not just about that. It's not just about the quiet waters. It's not just about the green pastures, but something else happens when we hear the voice of the shepherd. We look on in verse four. It says that even though I walk through the darkest valley. And talk about the darkest valley with David, right? He's writing this. He's in the darkest valley. His sons are hurting and killing one another. His daughter was being abused. And he is in a place now where his own job is now in jeopardy. He is in a dark, dark place. But still, he will not fear evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. Another sheep-shepherd relationship where we think the rod and the staff, it's hurtful, it's painful. Guidelines are tough. I don't want rules, but for some of us, we need that because we're dumb and we're directionless and we're defenseless. We need that rod to comfort us in the right direction. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I think about that table being his son across from it, eating with one another. That's my enemy. He's becoming my enemy. Even in that moment, though, I am protected that God is with me. I'm still going to hear the voice of the shepherd. And with that, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, I'm from Kentucky, so it's hard for me to say oil. I want to say oil. So if that happens, uh, just give me a break, essential oils. And so anyway, uh, the oil was used for two different reasons why David said it. The first one is that King David was anointed with oil whenever he was chosen to be the king of Israel. And that was going to happen years later once he was anointed. So that anointing was for protection and the promise that one day God's promise will come true, that he'll be protected from that because of the oil, the symbolism of that experience. And the great thing is that we are also anointed with oil, that the promises will come true for us. He will be protected from us when we get to listen and to follow our shepherd. But then there's another practical level from sheep 
to shepherd's relationship. See, shepherds would use oil for three different reasons. First is oil is used for protection from outside threats. Protection from outside threats. There's this thing called nose flies that are horrible. The nose flies would go into the nose of sheep and then lay eggs in its membrane, its brain, and the eggs are like larva-like worms. Imagine a ton of that in your head, right? So agitating for the sheep that it will bang its head against rocks and trees and brushes to the point where sometimes it will even kill itself because it's so infested with these nose flies. And so the sheep, a shepherd every day will put oil over the shepherd's uh, sheep's nose, sorry, and protect it from the outside from coming in, from the nose flies from coming in. So when you find yourself looking around other people's green pastures and quiet waters, and there's this better, and their vacation was awesome, and their house is better, their kids are When you have that moment of envy or jealousy, protect yourself from those thoughts which will begin to adjust your wondering and your, uh, the location in which God desires you to be. We have to be anointed with oil each and every day. And then there's those moments where you have comments on Facebook or you see somebody else's comment about a topic and you are just infuriated. Anoint yourself by the shepherd's oil so you don't let that seep into you, causing you to be negative or critical. And then for some of us, come on, some of us are following other people on Instagram or Facebook, and it's just leading us right off the cliff. I challenge some of us to unfollow, just click unfollow for some of these people. And even things that you're watching or music you're listening to, is it causing your words and the actions to lead to a place that's not what the shepherd desires you to be? Maybe that's a challenge for us today. Who are we following that's leading us to danger and causing us to wonder? So the first one, oil, is used for protection from the outside threat. Second one, oil is used for defense against the butting heads with other sheep. Butting heads with other sheep. Imagine all of us together in the same field trying to get the same things of grass. Would we be frustrated with one another? And sheep, they'll begin to butt heads with another, causing a lot of damage and a lot of pain. So the shepherd would put oil over the sheep's head so when they butt heads, it just slides right off, causing less damage and less hurt. Who here in your relationship need a little bit of oil on your heads, right? In your relationships, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, maybe with other students, right? Or that teacher, right? You need oil on your heads when you start butting heads with that kid's parents or your coworker. You find yourself so frustrated with them. Every morning, allow the oil to be over your head so when you start butting heads, it just slides a little bit off, causing less damage, less hurtful words in those relationships. And then the last use of oil is used for the healing of cuts and wounds. That every morning when the shepherd goes to the sheep, he'll look at the cuts that the sheep might have gotten from the night before. Anytime they run into a bush or a tree, into a rock or a fence, and they'll put oil right there where this needs to be healed. And then at the end of the day, whatever happened throughout the day, whatever wandering or lostness the sheep might have gotten itself into, the shepherd would put oil on those hurts and begin to heal those pains. And I don't know if that's a symbolism for you today, that you need some oil on your hurts and your pains. Maybe it's from the night before. Maybe it's just living out your day or living out your week. I know students, uh, being with uh, high school, middle school students, that cutting, self-infliction has become more of a a thing in our schools and our relationships that when there's loneliness or depression, they just want to feel something, so they'll, they'll cut their arms or cut their legs. And so if you're a student today and that's happened to you or you feel you want to do that, let your shepherd put oil over your hurts and over your pains. Talk to somebody, talk to your parents. We also have a prayer room to my left and your right. Talk to somebody, allow them to help you with the healing process. Some of you maybe have had hurts and pains for a long time ago. Your dad, your mom said that one thing and you've not let it go and you've let that wound just stay open. 
allow the shepherd to anoint you, put that oil on those cuts. And maybe for any other situation right now you're thinking of, again, our prayer team's to our left and to your right, and we'd love to chat with you, be able to help with the healing process. So which type of oil do you need today? Which then if we do that, if we allow the shepherd to take care of us and to heal us, it'll lead to this. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And for me, I have a backstory with this psalm. Of course, I didn't write this psalm, but every time I hear about it, I'm always reminded about my grandfather. And my grandfather, he passed away a while ago, but before he passed away, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And if you've ever met with anybody or somebody you love had Alzheimer's, it is so unbearable, it is so tough, that even my own grandfather had a hard time recognizing his own son, my dad. And they'd come in the room and conversations would just go nowhere. Uh, people with Alzheimer's typically don't have a, 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 they have a short attention span. They can't focus for very long. They can't remember things. And so my dad was having a frustrating moment with him at an assistant living home. And so my dad just picked up the Bible and opened up to Psalm 23. And he's beginning to read, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And in that moment, as my grandfather was hearing this, all of a sudden he perked up. His, his eyes began to focus on my dad, which never happens, right? He had this moment of clarity that this was really important to him. So my dad, he continues to read on. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff that comfort me. And at this point, my grandfather now has grabbed to the top of the Bible my dad is reading and just staring at him. And my dad hadn't had a moment like with his dad for like this for a long time. And he's looking at his lips, he's hearing every word, and he's just transfixed. And then he finishes by reading, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, which I can't help to think of Alzheimer's. And the anoint, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And at this point, my granddad is just looking straight at his son. And my dad's looking right back at him. They had this moment. They hadn't had this in a long time. And my granddad just says, David. And my dad looks at him like, yeah, King David. That's right. Good job, Dad. Way to go. And then he holds on, kind of lets go a little bit. And he says, have you seen my National Geographic magazine? I can't find it anywhere, right? Just ruin the moment. Alzheimer's kind of kicked back in. And my dad, besides crying, just started laughing, you know, and keeps him from crying. And, but just for that moment, as this psalm was being read, my grandfather could hear the voice of the shepherd, was able to be laid down in green pastures and quiet waters just for the moment. And there was anointing over his head with oil that protected him from Alzheimer's just for that second refreshing his soul. And because of that, my grandfather is dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, right? Because of that moment. And my dad, his soul got to be refreshed. And he had a moment of clarity and the anointing of oil because of this story, because of this psalm was so impactful for him. And it can be impactful for you today. And I don't know where you're at with this psalm. Maybe for you, you just need to hear the voice of the shepherd. You feel like it's hard to hear because of all the other voices, all the other noise, to filter that out, to hear his. And maybe for you, you just need to be intentional with the love that Jesus has for you and sharing that with others. Maybe for others, you realize you need to figure out which oil you need to protect from yourself. Maybe there's some healing that needs to happen. Maybe there has been some outside stuff coming in and it's impacted a lot of your world. You need protection from that. And maybe for others... It's the butting heads with your spouse 
a loved one, a friend, a relationship, and it's just causing you a lot of anxiety and worry. What is your backstory? Well, right now we're going to ask the volunteers to come forward. We're going to receive communion. But before we do that, I thought it would be great for us to read Psalm 23 together as sheep. That we are a flock and our hope is just to hear the voice of the shepherd. And as we say this together as sheep, I want us to be a declaration of where we desire to be with him. And we desire to hear his voice and the promise and the protection of that in our life. So let's read this together out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for this psalm. And even in the midst of all that David was going with, he had the clarity and the relationship with you that has transcended for centuries and centuries and here with us today. Lord, I pray for the action steps for us this morning the action steps of unfollowing people, the action step of getting some healing in our life, the action step of just listening to you day in and day and every night. Lord, I pray for the rest of this afternoon that you guide us, lead us, the refreshing of our soul. We pray these things in your name. And everyone said, 